If you would turn to Romans, please, the third chapter, Romans chapter 3. We've been on a series for a few weeks now that we're calling Real Faith. And our two main texts are here in Romans 3 and 1 Timothy 1. In Romans 3 and verse 3, it said, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? That's a question. Two questions. What's the answer? Verse 4 gives you the answer. God forbid, we might say, absolutely not, no way, no how. May it not be. What not be? What what is something you should think, absolutely no way? What? Back up to verse 3. That the faith of God is without effect. What if some didn't believe, did not believe? Well, if you read the scriptures, you'll see... For instance, Paul in the latter part of the book of Acts, he said he came to a place and and a lot of folks came to him and he preached a lot longer than me. (laughs) He preached uh, over half of the day, two-thirds of the day. And he covered from the the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. and, And I mean, he covered... Uh, the whole thing about redemption and about who, who Jesus is and what happened. How many think he did a good job? How many think the Holy Spirit was on him? Utterances flowing through him. And the result is, the scripture said, and some believed and some believed not. You think if Paul had done a better job, everybody would have believed. Mm-mm. That's not how it is. With Jesus himself, did everybody believe what he preached? We have one occasion. Jesus preached a sermon on eat my flesh and drink my blood. And thousands of people that had been coming to his meetings and supporting his ministry left and never came back and said, take our name off the mail list. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) So did they accept that? Uh Uh-uh. Do you reckon if Jesus had done a better job no. preaching it that day, no. that everybody would have believed? No. Uh-uh, uh-uh. What's the reality? Men and women have a mind of their own, have a truly free will, and no matter how clear the word is, no matter how obvious the demonstration of the Spirit is, some are going to believe. And some are not. No matter how much evidence there is. No matter how much anointing there is. No matter how many signs and wonders. Some are not going to believe. It's a choice. People say, well, if I saw something, I'd believe. No. No. You could still doubt. You can have a miracle happen three inches from your nose. And still not believe. Faith is a choice. But what if some don't believe? Some are not going to believe. And what if they don't? Will their failure to believe render the faith of God 
vain and without effect? What's the answer? God forbid. No way, no how. Just because somebody else didn't believe doesn't mean faith in God doesn't work. It always has. It always will. Praise God. In 1 Timothy, the first chapter, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 4, he said, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. Things that only minister questions and result in you just wondering are not building your faith. Quit focusing on that and hearing it and and reading it. It's not helping you. Anybody can ask a question. That doesn't mean there's an answer anywhere around. Godly edifying is in faith. Things that are good build you up. When you hear a message that really ministered to you, don't let that be the last time you listen to that message. Get that download or that CD or whatever it is. And listen to that again. Because the Lord was ministering something to you. It edified you. It built you up. It quickened you. You need to hear that again. You may need to hear it another 50 times. Why? Because we live in a dull, dark place. That's trying to suck the faith out of you. I mean it's. Once in a while, we've always been here, that we're born into this, this is all we've known. So you don't realize how dark it is. You don't realize how oppressive it is. But Satan is called the God of this world. And the whole world, John's first John says, lies under the influence of the evil one. And the, the very environment, the atmosphere, is permeated with the spirit of disobedience. Ephesians says. I mean the very atmosphere of earth. Is charged with rebellion. And evil and wrong spirits. Are influencing all around us. And when something good. Light and truth. Comes out. The enemy is doing his best. To just squash it. To just stamp it out. And you can get something from God. And get excited about it. And if you don't hold on to it. You can lose it before the hour's over. And you can think, what was that? What was that that I was so excited about? You need to write things down. You need to use the recorder on your phone. You understand what I'm talking about? Why? It's not because the things of God are so hard to understand. And it's not because you're so slow. It's because there's oppression out here. And it's trying. Didn't the Bible say the enemy comes to steal the word? And so, man, you've got to have some tenacity that when God gives you something, you lay hold of it and you make up your mind, I'm not letting this get away from me. You write it down, you record it, you put it in your mouth, you remind yourself tomorrow. The Lord might have spoken to you in a time of prayer when you're reading your Bible or in a service. And if he did and when he did, get that, listen to it again, hear it again, feed on it again. I believe the Lord's saying that. If it ministered to you once, it'll minister to you again. In fact, you'll get more. You'll get more than you did the first time because you're growing all the time. And your growth affects your hearing. Hallelujah. 
We could go further with that. But he said, verse 5, Now the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Now feign is a word we don't use so much in modern vernacular, but it basically means pretend. Unfeigned would mean not pretend. So he says faith that is not pretend. Why would he say that? If there's a faith that's not pretend, what else do you know? There is a fake faith. There's a pretend faith. There's that that is called faith. And to the unenlightened, it looks like it. It sounds like it. But it's not real faith. Other translations bring out. The Weist says, faith that is not assumed but real. The message says, not a counterfeit faith. The BBE calls it true faith. The TEV says genuine faith. The easy to read says faith in God that's real. That's where we got our title from then. Real faith. Everybody say real faith. faith. Now, Phyllis and I have been in the ministry now for uh, over 35 years. And uh, back when we first began to find out about faith, and prior to us being in the ministry, we were feeding on faith materials back in the 70s, late 70s. People that we got around were excited about faith. And a lot of people were, man, they were making their confessions, and they were praying the prayer of agreement, and and they were, uh, you know, posting their verses up on their mirrors and their refrigerator and dashboard of their car and and preaching on faith and talking about faith, faith, faith. But in a number of those camps now, these 30 some years later, have cooled off on faith and backed way off on talking about faith. And the reason is, is because many of them prayed things that didn't come to pass. And they said things and confessed things and, and did it strenuously over a period of time and it did not happen. And so they got disillusioned. And many have looked for and, and are embracing other messages other than emphasis on living by, walking by faith. And that's a giant problem. Because if you go away from the personal responsibility of the believer to have and live by faith. There's only one other way to go. And that's it's up to God. And that's not new. That's been around a long time. But it's being repackaged. It's not up to me. It's all up to God. Every God does everything. It's all up to him. Well that's. He has done everything as far as providing for us, but he doesn't do our believing for us. And what has been provided by grace must be possessed by faith or it won't be enjoyed. Even though it has been bought and paid for, you won't experience it unless you lay hold of it with faith. And faith doesn't just fall on you. you got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to overcome things that, that try to resist you and hold you out and, 
And it, it's, a, it's a walk. And it's a life. And it's a fight. It's a good fight. Not a bad fight. But the question is in our text. What if some, they said things, they prayed things, they confessed things, and it didn't happen? Well, are we going to say the word didn't work? Are we going to say God let them down? Well, if God didn't let them down, then they must have missed it somewhere. And people say, well, that, that faith stuff doesn't work. And they're right. What they called faith doesn't work. Because it's not real faith. It looks like it. It sounds like it to the unenlightened. But it's not real faith. Real faith works. What if somebody didn't believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. But what we got to do is identify the fake stuff from the real stuff. Now if you've walked with the Lord for any length of time. Trying to live by faith, you've made mistakes. I don't have to ask. I know you have. And I've shared a few that Phyllis and I have made, you know, things, what we thought was faith, and we, at the time, we were sure that was it. And it didn't work. Somebody said it didn't work. Well, at that point, you got a decision to make. Because the enemy will come tell you, oh, that, those verses, that's not what they mean. That doesn't work. And God, he's not interested in all those little things. And, you know, he's beyond all that. And you can get disillusioned. You can get put out with God. You can say, what's the purpose? What's the point? Or you can have a revelation. Maybe it wasn't God's fault. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I assumed something. Maybe I didn't do something or should have done. Did something I shouldn't have done. Why does it have to be God letting people down? No. He never has. He never will. Somebody say he's faithful. faithful. Say it out loud. I call him faithful. faithful. Would you acknowledge he has never let you down? And he never will. We've made mistakes. Right? But him... Never. And what if some didn't believe? All that means is they didn't believe. But the faith of God is real. And it works. All the time. For everybody that does it. Go with me please. In the scriptures. To uh, 1 John. The first chapter. Now we. uh, We've already covered. Imitation faith. And we've already talked about presumptuous faith. And we've already talked about baseless faith. Then we've gone on to talk about faith you can see. And faith you can hear. Because what we're doing is differentiating between the feigned phony faith and real faith. Now today... Look at this in 1 John. We're going to see another thing that's to me one of the biggest things we have talked about so far. There are some answers here. 1 John 1. First chapter of 1 John. Now the enemy does not want people to get what we're talking about right now. Which is why you got to stay focused. And not be easily distracted. 
and uh, be open to seeing things you haven't seen and uh, thinking differently than we have and be open to him reminding us of things he's shown us already. 1 John 1 and 3. He said, that which we have seen and heard, we're talking about faith you can see, faith you can hear, declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. 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 With us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Everybody say fellowship. He said, in these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Oh, hallelujah. I may get happy this morning, so let's be, be warned. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But where do you get it? Where do you get it? Fellowship. Where do you get joy? From fellowship with the joy giver. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, fellowship, I have to watch about getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited. (laughs) Fellowship literally means to share. To share. It's akin to the word commune or communion. To commune with each other. Now you can't commune by yourself. You can't fellowship by yourself. That's with somebody else. Now you may be by yourself as far as any other people around. But if you're communing with God. Again you're not by yourself. But communion. And fellowship is sharing. Everybody say sharing. You're sharing with them, they're sharing with you. One of the perfect pictures of communion and fellowship is a meal, a shared meal. If we have a meal together and we sit down at the same table and we got the same food on the same table, there's taters in the bowl. And then since I'm eating at the same table you are, when we get through, there's taters in you and there's taters in me. Same taters. (laughs) We shared the taters. Right? Same taters. Same taters. Not different. Same taters. Well, you can share more than a meal. You can share thoughts. You can share dreams. You can share vision. You can share feelings. You can share priorities. Passions. You share it through your thoughts and through your expressions and through being in the same, in proximity of each other, in the same environment at the same time. Communion. Well, it's great to share with each other, but what's greater is to share with Him. 
Somebody say sharing with him. That's God's plan from the beginning. When he created man and he created woman, what did he do immediately? He would come down and he would fellowship with them. He would commune with them, which shows in no uncertain terms that they were not some primitive ape-like creatures grunting in a cave. Because how could you commune with the Almighty? He shares of his brilliance with you and you go, ugh. I'm going to say it bold. Evolution is a bunch of junk. It is not science. It is not science. The more, one reason I say it is because I've been looking at some of these things. I've always thought that, but I've been looking at some of these things recently, and it is just ignorance. When you look at how God has created creatures, they could not have survived over thousands and millions of years partially developing these systems. They had to be completely developed when they were made or the species would not have continued. And there is no record ever of one species turning into a different species. Never has happened. Never. I know it's taught for fact in our schools, but it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. How'd we get into that? (laughs) I don't like people purporting lies as truth to our children. And they're young people. There's a reason why it's a theory. The science is not there. It's not science. (laughs) Just a thought. God came down in the cool of the day. And what did he do? He fellowshiped with his man. And with his woman. What must that have been like? Adam and Eve would hear the sound of wind coming through the woods, the jungle, and they'd come to meet him, and they would commune, which means they would share. He would share with them, they would share with him. Maybe they watched the sunset together. Maybe Adam said, Father, How'd you do that? Explain that to me. And he would. And they would understand it. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's not evolution. It's devolution. Man has devolved. Fallen from that high place to where some human beings live and operate like animals. But we're not. And we weren't made that way. We're made in the likeness and image of God with the ability to commune with him. Oh, to hear from God and understand him and share with him and him receive from us. Now, granted, it's on the level of ancient, all-knowing and little bitty child. We're not called as little children for no reason. I don't care if you're 90 years old. 
To him, you're his little child. And you got just about that much understanding, but he still wants to hear from you. Because you're his child. He loves you, he cares about you. He wants you to commune with him. In 1 John 1, keep going. Verse 4, these things write we to you that your joy may be full. We were made for this. And nothing else will satisfy us. There are no material things that can give you fullness of joy. There's not a pile of gold high enough. There's not a car fast enough or expensive enough or jewelry or or houses big enough. Uh, You might enjoy them, but after you're in them for a little while, after you have them for a little while, inside you're still missing something if that's all you got. And this is no theory. I mean, there are billionaires who are miserable. They got everything money can buy, and they're not satisfied. There are people that kill themselves. Why? Because a lot of times poor folks can imagine, if I had it, I'd be happy. But these people got it all, and they know money can't fill it. And so what's the point? Because the only thing that will is living communion. Living fellowship with the living God. Oh, the God who created the heavens and the earth is your daddy. And he wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him. Not a bunch of dead religious repetitious stuff. Real conversation from your heart to his. He wants to hear it. And he wants you to listen to him. Not one-sided. Hallelujah. (laughs) It don't get any bigger than this. It doesn't get any bigger than this. It's not about just coming to church and saying I went. It's not about your name being on some list or some roster. It's not about adherence to some list of code that you put on the wall. No, no, no. Living fellowship. Living communion. With the living God. Sharing. With him. His thoughts. Are awesome. And that don't begin to tell it. His thoughts. Are amazing. You you can be riding down the road in your car. You, You can be. Washing up the sink. You can be getting ready in the morning. And and if you'll think towards him. He'll give you a thought, just a thought, that'll keep you jumping the rest of the day. You think, what a thought, what a thought. And he has a hundred billion more of them. (laughs) He will share with you. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father, for sharing with me. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, in our relationships with other human beings on the planet. Isn't that some of the richest life that we have? When we're able to genuinely share with people that we care about. It's as rich as it gets. What does this have to do with faith? It is the source of faith. Fellowship is the fountain of faith. To my fellowship with God. 
is the fountain or source of faith in God. He went on to say, verse 5, This then is the message which we've heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. So when we're fellowshipping with him, we're sharing in light. We're sharing in love. We're sharing in life. The message we have heard of him, God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now, a lot of times people have read this as walk in sin, but that's not what it said. Walk in darkness. Darkness is the opposite of light. What does light enable you to do? See. What does darkness prevent you from doing? Seeing. So if you don't see, then you're not fellowshipping with him. Because if me or you, if we're not fellowshipping with him, we're not fellowshipping with light. If we were fellowshipping with him, we'd be sharing, he'd be sharing light with us. And we could see. Let me describe some darkness for you. Don't know what to do. Don't know where to go. Don't know what's wrong. Don't know what the problem is. Don't know what to do about it. Don't know why it's not working. Don't know why I don't have it yet. Y'all listening? Whatever you don't know is what you don't see. Whatever you don't understand is what you don't see. And if you or I don't see it, if we say, oh yeah, I'm communing with God all the time, but I don't have a clue about what's going on. Oh yeah, I spent a lot of time sharing with the Almighty this morning, but I wish I had a clue about what was going on. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't see why. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know. That's darkness. Not seeing. Not knowing. Not understanding. Because in his light, the psalmist said, we see light. If we're fellowshipping with him, he's going to show us why. He's going to show us how. He's going to show us where. Right? One of the, perhaps, the biggest problem in among so-called faith people where there have been mistakes and problems is people trying to exercise faith without fellowship. Trying to exercise faith based on principles of faith they have heard, based on seeing other people who were operating in faith and just trying to use those faith principles to get what they want and do what they want to do apart from a living communion with Him. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now you know, just the simple principles of faith When I say it doesn't work, let me explain. Just the simple principles of faith will work to one degree apart from God. 
If you believe you can do something and you go after it, that faith will get you so far. There are people who don't even believe in God that are doing this all over the place. They're developing businesses. They're making money. They're developing their careers. They have faith that they can do it. So they're believing it. They're going out. They don't just believe it, but they're acting on it. But this is not faith in God. This is just faith in yourself. Faith that you can do something. Faith that something can happen for you. And it works to a degree. It only works to the degree of what you can produce. But when it comes to miracles that only God can do, it won't cut it. It won't produce it. And that's what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two: have faith in God. Not just in faith principles, not just in yourself, faith in God. Hallelujah. And the only way I can have faith in the person of God day to day to walk it out is if I talk to him and listen to him and commune with him. Yeah, there, maybe we know it's his will for us to be healed. But how do I receive it this time? Maybe we know from the word, it's his will for all my bills to be paid and all my needs to be met. But how do I go about it? How do I receive it? How do I walk it out? How do I sow my seed and how do I claim my heart? Come on, are y'all with me? I need to hear from him on a daily basis on all these things. Nothing else will suffice. Nothing else will work. He said, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, you could also say walk in ignorance, walk in confusion. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin Oh, somebody say hallelujah. This is fellowship. This is communion. This is holy sharing. Praise God. Oh, somebody say praise God. Praise God. Thank you, my Father. Go to John 14, please. All the previous messages have built to this today. Help get us here. This is one of the biggest things we'll talk about, I'm sure, in this series. Right now. In John 14 and verse 10. Jesus said, Believe not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Now I want you to notice this terminology. He said, uh, in other words, we might say like this, Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? Somebody say, in the Father, Father. and the Father's in me. me. That is the perfect situation for sharing. Can't get any closer. The words I speak to you, I don't speak of myself. But the Father that what? Instead of say dwell, we'd probably say live. The Father that lives in me 
He does the works. Keep going. Believe me that I am in the Father. He says it again. And the Father is in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask, shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now there's an error in separating this verse from the previous part of the chapter. You say, well, I, I, anything I ask, he'll do it. He said, I'm in him. He's in me. He went on to say in other places, I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I see him do. Skip down to the 20th verse. At that day you shall know that I'm in my Father. Now here he adds something that you ought to shout about. And you are in me. <laughs> and I am in you. Woo! Anybody believe the Bible in here? Say, say I'm in him. And he's in me. He's in me. Well, if he's in you, there ought to be some sharing going on between you and him. Is that right? And me, there ought to be some sharing. Woo! What's the result of this full fellowship, fullness of joy? What's the result of fullness of joy? Full strength. What's the result of full strength? Full victory. Now let's back up though. Where'd that, where'd that start from? Fellowship. Fellowship. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 20. In that day you'll know I'm in my Father. You're in me. And I'm in you. Keep going. He that has my commandments and keeps them. He it is that loves me. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father. I'll love him and I'll manifest myself to him. Now here he talked about works, which are manifestations. Manifestations of the Spirit of God. Manifestations of power. And he connects them with being in the Father and the Father being in him. Now go to the 15th chapter. See, this wasn't written in chapter and verse. So these thoughts continue to flow in what we call the 15th chapter in the first verse. What does it say? I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Everybody say fruit. fruit. Now there's a similarity between fruit and works. And between fruit, works, and manifestations. There's overlap in those three ideas. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me. You could say dwell in me. You could say live in me. You could say stay in me. Remain in me. Stay in me. 
and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides, stays in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Now I want you to, in your thinking just for the purpose of this morning, substitute the word for fruit, results. Because fruit is what is produced. And results are what is produced. And what we're talking about, that a bunch of people have gotten disillusioned, they think, with faith, because they didn't see results. They confessed and confessed, they didn't see results. They prayed and they prayed, they didn't see results. But we can't have results apart from Him. Oh, come on, can you see this? Apart from the vine. Stay in me. And I in you. The branch can't bear fruit of itself. Just making confessions on faith principles without ever talking to the Lord is like a branch out here by itself, not even hooked up to the tree, trying to produce a peach. Now trying to do that is nothing new. The devil himself tried to do that. Which is why he keeps trying to influence human beings, especially church people. To do the same thing. You remember. Let me see if I got it written down here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah Isaiah 14. That's right. Isaiah 14 12. He says how are you fallen from heaven O Lucifer. Son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground. Which did weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart. What is the faith principle? Believe it in your heart. And say it with your mouth. Where'd he learn this? Being around God for who knows how long. He said, and it was coming out of his heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I don't even like saying it. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. What's he trying to do? He's trying to exercise faith apart from God. Can you see that? He's trying to believe it in his heart. He's trying to say it with his mouth because he knows that's how things get created. That's how things change. And he wants to rebel against God and create something that's not the plan and will of God. Verse 14. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High God. Are these confessions? Oh, no no doubt. He's trying to release power with words. Everything you ever learned about Mark 11, 23. He's trying to do. Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. Believe that those things that you say will come to pass. And have what you say. That's what he's trying to do. But he's trying to do it apart from God and actually contrary to the will of God. How well does that work? How well does that work? Verse 15, verse 15, God had something to say. (laughs) Uh You know, if you're going to have a gunfight, you you need to watch who you pick the gunfight with. Is that right? You know, and if you're going to have a word fight, don't pick it with God. I mean, 
<laughs> he said, uh, no, you're going to be brought down to hell. That's what's going to happen with you. You ain't going up, going down. You're going down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Well, friend, the reason I took time and read this, we don't ever want to do this. Is that right? We never want to just come up with something that we're going to say and believe and do, and we hadn't even checked in with God about it. We hadn't even asked him about it. That can be a branch trying to produce results that's not even connected to the trunk, not even connected to the vine. And that's why it won't work. Not only will it not work, you dry up. What happens to a branch disconnected from the the trunk and the vine? It dries up. You ever heard of Christians drying up? Preachers drying up, getting bitter, getting mean, getting disillusioned. Why didn't God do that? Well, why didn't you ask him about it before you launched into this thing? Why didn't you spend some time with him? And if you did make a mistake, why didn't you just fall before him and repent and let him talk to you? Let him show you what to do now. Right? The problem is rebellion and pride and defiance. The devil tries, he's trying to breathe what he did into the whole planet. Defiance and rebellion. Somebody say not me. I submit myself. To the Lord my God. I say your will be done. Hallelujah. Well his will is good. His plan for you is good. His thoughts for us are good. Thank you Father. Let let me keep reading on this. John 15. Let me me read this to you in... uh, God's word translation. Verse 4. Live in me. And I will live in you. This is the God's word translation. John 15 4. A branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. This is faith fruit. This is fruit of the word. This is fruit of the spirits outworking. These are results. You won't have any results. By itself. It has to stay attached. To the vine. Come on, say it out loud. I have to. to. Stay connected. Stay Stay attached. To the vine. vine. Who's the vine? Jesus Jesus is the vine. I got to stay hooked with him. Whatever we're going to do, whatever kind of miracles we're going to have, I can't do it apart from him. I got to be hooked with him. So I got to talk to him about it. I know some general truths from the word of God, but the specifics. You know, David, King David, mighty warrior in the Lord, defeated Goliath, battle after battle. But the Bible said every time before, you you see the indication, every time before the next battle, he would inquire of the Lord. You remember that? He might have been to battle 50 times, 100 times. And see, the problem is you can get to thinking, oh, I've been doing this for now on 30 years. Now I know what I'm doing. I've done it before. I'll go do it again. And don't inquire of the Lord and get in trouble. That's true. true. Do the same thing. Say the same thing. Do the same thing you did last time and fall flat on your face. Mm-hmm. Well, if faith didn't work. Oh, come on. Give me a break. God forbid. Faith always works. 
But it's faith in God, not just in faith in what you can do yourself. And uh, he, you know, one time the Lord told him to go this way. Another time he said, go this way. One time he said, go around behind the mulberry trees. Say what? How many think you better ask? No matter how many times we've been here, you better ask. Every day you better ask. You know it's God's will for you to be healed. You know it's God's will for you needs to be met, your bills to be paid. You know victory is his will. You know it's bought and paid for. But how do we walk it out today? How do we receive? How? There's a lot of details, right? And we're going to get them how? By fellowshipping, communing, sharing with him. Live in me. I'll live in you. A branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. It has to stay attached to the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce fruit unless you live in me. Keep going. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who live in me while I live in them will produce a lot of fruit. But you can't produce anything without me. Can't produce anything without me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 7. If you live in me and what I say lives in you, then Then, ask for anything you want, and it'll be yours. See, people have taken Mark 11, 23, or they took 1 Peter 2, 24, and it's God's will, and I can believe I can receive, and that's true. But if you try to do it without talking to him, there's so many things you don't know, and you're going to miss. If I'm living in him, And communing with him. And his words. Are living in me. Then I'm going to be aware. Of what he's telling me. And his will and his way. For today. And in the light of that. Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. Well how does hearing come? Fellowship. It comes by the word. Yeah whose word? His word. By the written, yes, but don't don't emphasize a dead letter. It's a living word. Somebody says, just say, just stand on the word, stand on the word. Okay, it's a big book. <laughs> Which one do I stand on? How you get that? Fellowship. You got to hear from him about today and about tomorrow. If you live in me. And what I say lives in you. You ask anything you want. It'll be yours. Somebody say glory to God. God. Let me read the waste translation. He said as for myself. I am the vine. As for you. You are the branches. He who maintains a living communion with me. Don't you like that phrase? Maintains a living communion. With me and I with him. This one is bearing much fruit because apart from me, you're not able to be doing anything. If anyone's not maintaining a living communion with me, he's thrown outside as a branch and caused to wither. Disconnected from the life that's in the vine, that's all that can happen. And they gather them and throw them in the fire. They're burned. If you maintain, somebody say if. If 
If you maintain a living communion with me. And my words are at home in you. I command you to ask. At once. Something for yourself. Whatever your heart desires. And it will become yours. Woo. Woo. In this is my father glorified. Namely that you are bearing much fruit. Much results. Much. But it's not going to happen. Because you learned a few faith principles. And you claim and say. And you never talk to him. And you never commune with him. I know uh, some years ago in healing school. At Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry. There was a wealthy couple. With a young child. That was there. And the child was very sick. Near death. And the doctors had given up hope. And. uh, After a few weeks. I just didn't feel like we were making progress. Like we should be. And I got to pray and seeking the Lord about it. And. And. I saw it in a glimpse. You know, you could call it a vision, but it wasn't, you know, an open vision. I wasn't in a trance. I just saw it in my heart, my mind's eye. I saw them, like if Dan here represented God, I saw them coming, and they didn't want to get any closer than they had to and get their child's healing, and then they're going back to their life. I saw that. And I realized that's a problem. Because they didn't really want him. They wanted something he could do for them. That's not good. Because there's more to this. He's already bought and paid for that child's healing. It's a matter of being able to receive it. But often there, there are things that have to change for you to be able to receive something. It's not that God's withholding. It's just you're not in position to receive it. And again and again, if you come, the Bible said come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help. If you come and say, God, I need something, I need it quick. Could you just, you know, hurry up? Again and again, he'll say, there you are. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> come, come on a little closer. I, you know, God, I would, but I got hot stuff going. If you could just zap me and I could get going. No, he he said, come on, come on, come on. Come right up here. Come sit down. He wants to talk to you. He wants to commune with you. He wants to share with you. And what you'll find out is the thing that you thought was so important. Yeah, God wants you to have it. But there's other things that's even more important. And if some other things are not fixed, you're going to be back real quick anyway. We don't want a quick fix. We want to know him. We want to share with him. Somebody say share with him. Share with him. Living communion. John 15, 16. 15, 16. He said, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and do what? Bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain That whatever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now, people have grabbed a verse like that, and they pulled it out of the chapter. Now, the context. How many think you should not do that? 
Well, I can say anything I want to say and it'll come to pass uh, if I believe it. Well, the devil tried that too. No, don't separate that from the rest of it. Living communion. In uh, Philemon, go to Philemon, just one chapter there. You know, without going into it, you'll find that the patriarchs, that's where they got their faith. In Genesis 18.33, it said, when the Lord had left communing with Abraham. Moses, in Exodus 31.18, the Lord made an end of communing with Moses on Mount Sinai. All the things they got, all the faith they had, where'd they get it? People say, well, faith comes by hearing. Yeah, how do you hear? Hearing from him. Communing with him. Not a dead letter, but a living fellowship. Did you find Philemon? Now here's something that is really exciting. Not like the other was not, but Philemon 4. This passage we're about to read is the foundation for our Faith for Life classes that we have, you know, next door after the service on Sunday. I believe I've got direction from the Lord about this. And it says... I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, hearing of your faith, that the communication of your faith, you could also say the fellowship of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Listen to the NIV on this. Verse 6. I pray that you may be active in doing what? Sharing your faith. So that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. And your love has given me great joy. There's that joy. Fellowship, sharing and joy. And encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Sharing of faith by fellowshipping, by communing. Hold your place here and put it on the screen for us, please, Acts 3, 6. When Peter and John went up to the gate called Beautiful and the lame man was there, And he was begging and asking in alms. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He grabbed him by the hand, lifted him up, and the man was healed. A sign and a wonder. This is fruit. (laughs) This is works. This is results. I'm talking about works of God, works of the Holy Spirit. These are results. Peter said, I've got something, such as I have, such as I've got. Where did he get it? How did he get it? Where did he get it from? Look in the 16th verse. The 16th verse, he, the Spirit of God through him is explaining what happened with the man. He said, his name through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know, yea, the faith 
which is by him, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. What happened? Jesus shared his faith with Peter and John. I believe this is a manifestation of a gift of the Spirit we call special faith in 1 Corinthians 12. Jesus shared his faith with Peter. And they might have walked by that guy. Well, they, they did walk by this guy. Who knows how many times. He was sit there daily. Nothing was said. Nothing was done. But today, as they walked by, the Lord shared something with Peter. This is how Jesus operated. I do what I see the Father do. I say what I hear. He shared some of his faith with him. And then Peter said, I got something to share with you. Oh, glory to God. This is one of the most thrilling things. In verse 6, what did it say? That the sharing of your faith. To be active in the sharing of your faith. Well, where did you get faith? He shared it with you. The faith that we have is a measure of his own faith. We got from hearing what he told us. And it's not just a mental conversation as he shares his ideas and reveals his will. With that comes faith. As we hear it and understand it and believe it, with it comes into our spirit faith for that. Then we can ask whatever we want. And it'll be then we can say whatever we want in line with that, and it'll be done. And that's not the end. We can share with other people what he shared with us. Glory to God. Real faith is shareable. Shareable. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And everything the Lord gives you. And everything he does for you. Every good thing is ultimately to share. That's some of the greatest joy. Is in sharing. I mean if you get a bunch of money. Don't you enjoy sharing it? With your family and your friends. You don't. Need to get saved then man. Come on. I mean you get good revelation. You get a victory in your life. It's something that will help somebody. I mean, that's great. But at least as great is being able to share it with somebody else. Hallelujah. And them get a victory. Which is what the Faith for Life classes are about. But unless you got something from him, you got nothing to share. Where did Peter get this? He said, uh, I don't have silver and gold right now. You know, maybe Mrs. Peter had the pocketbook. Maybe she was shopping or something. He's just going to church to pray. You know, how much money did he need? He said, but I got something. I got something for you. What's he got? He's got faith. Hallelujah. Verse 16 said it was faith. Faith in the name. And the faith 
that is by him. Where did he get this faith? He got it from the master himself. He got it from communing with him. That's why he said, I'm the vine. You're the branch. Stay in me. Live in me. Commune with me night and day. And if you live in me and my words are living in you, you can ask whatever you want. In fact, I command you to. You can say whatever you want to say in line with this. Is that right? In line with living with him. Not trying to do something apart from him. Doing something in him and with him. Then we will see the real fruit and the real results of real faith. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.